0: Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. Some
1: of us remember a time when uh, if you wanted to watch something on TV, you had to actually watch it when it was on as dictated by the television networks. I don't know if they still have these, but they're kind of a museum piece. There was a time when you would be in the grocery store checkout uh, and you could buy a TV guide. Some of you had the TV guide sent to your house. Uh, This is a little bit before my time, but I remember seeing adults with the TV guide. And you would uh, go through and you would circle the TV shows that you wanted to watch or the games that you would watch for the upcoming week. And the TV guide would give you like a synopsis of the episode that was going to be on at certain times, and it would even tell you if it was new or a rerun. So how thankful we are, knowing that that was once how it was, that today we can watch things on demand. We can watch shows when we want to watch them. Uh, We can watch games when we want to watch them. Some of you maybe are recording a game right now, so you can watch it when you get home later. As thankful as we are for this ability to watch what we want to watch, there is something that is true. We cannot change the story no matter how, to- how many times we rewind the show. If we record a game and our team loses, we can rewind the game 50 times and our team will lose every time. We cannot change the outcome by rewinding it and watching it over. The reason I bring this up today is there's kind of a parallel with relationships that we have in our life. There's a parallel with relationships that we have in our life because we wish perhaps in our relationships that maybe we could just rewind and go back to the way that they used to be and that somehow the outcome of where the relationship is today would be different. Some of us would say with relationships that we have, certain relationships in our life, we wish we could just go back to the way that they used to be. Sociologist Carl Pilmer wrote a book about broken families called Fault Lines. In this book he records the story of Dominic, a real person, a man who's not given up on relationship with his parents. Even though Dominic says that over the years there have been stretches of years with breakdown and separation, and and Dominic says it goes all the way back to my childhood, then I got married and there were people in my family who rejected my wife. And This is a phrase that the author uses, there's family separation because of dueling views of past events. What a good phrase, dueling views of past events. (laughs) Like, you have your version, they have their version, and they're opposing uh, stories of what happened, dueling views of past events. So there are all kinds of emotions that have accumulated over the years with our closest and longest family and friend relationship, and relationships. And as we begin this week, getting ready to get into Thanksgiving and get ready to get into Christmas, it's like everything family is magnified this week for better or worse. Family tensions are magnified if they exist. In that same book, there's a story of a woman named Susan who says that she grew apart from her two sons after she divorced their dad. Maybe you can relate to this. Birthdays and Christmases, Her sons would never initiate contact. If there was going to be any conversation on a birthday or on Christmas, she had to be the one, and she never really felt like they wanted to even speak with her. Pilmer writes, of all the regrets that older people have, family estrangement is often the most painful. Maybe this week, you're really looking forward to who you're going to get to see on Thanksgiving family and friends who will be with you. It's also possible that for some reason or another you are dreading this week because you will be with someone who you don't really want to see or it could be quite sad because you won't be with somebody who you want to see and it could be because of something that's been said or should have been said in the past. It could be because of something they did or didn't do. It could be because of a series of bad choices. It could be because of because of one really big, bad, hurtful choice. Maybe there's regret on your part. You wish that you had not done whatever it is that happened. It could be a relationship that has grown cold because someone moved away, or that someone involved just doesn't make time for the others. Maybe, and we know this is true, maybe the divided politics in this country has caused division in your family. Maybe there's still residue from what happened during the pandemic and how you and your household chose to do things differently from someone else in your family. And there's still this residue that they think you should have done things differently. You thought that they should have done things differently. The point is this. For all of us, there are relationships in our family or friend circle that could be better. For most of us, there are many relationships that we would love to just have a reset. We'd love to revive. We'd love for things, we might say, to go back to the way they used to be. So what? how do we start? How do we revive a relationship? Well, part of it is coming to terms with the reality that we may not want to admit. Things are never just going to go back to the way that they used to be. Like, we can't just say, man, things were so good for so long, if we could just take out, like, between the time of summer 2020 to winter 2021, if we could just remove that part, it would be great. Well, we can't. We can't. Our relationships are the accumulation of everything that's happened up until this point. And when we think about it, the notion that we could just remove a a point in the relationship and exist as if it never happened is impossible but please don't be discouraged because the story doesn't have to be over yet. Come on, the story doesn't have to be over yet. It's possible that what lies ahead can be great despite what's happened in the past. We're going to look at a story from the Bible that involves real people and what we're going to see through their life story is that it's possible that the way forward could even be better than the way it used to be as impossible as that may sound. We're going to look at an account in the life of Paul. We're going to pick up the story when Paul is an older man in the vicinity of his, his 60s. Notice I said older, not old. When Paul was a young man, he was one of the religious elites, and Paul terrorized Christians. Then he became a Christian, and Paul gave his life advocating for the faith that he previously attacked. Paul raised up believers in churches in city after city. And where we meet Paul at this point in his life, he is in prison for his faith in Rome. While Paul is in prison, he makes an unlikely connection with a man named Onesimus. Onesimus. It's a fun name to say. I think that parents today should consider naming their children Onesimus. Why don't you say it with me? Onesimus. Onesimus was a slave in a city called Colossae. Colossae, if you were to drop it on a map, it would be within the boundaries of modern-day Turkey. Onesimus was a slave, and he committed a crime against his master. Possibly he stole money. We're not sure. Maybe he stole property. If God wanted us to know the crime that Onesimus committed, he would have put it in his word. Onesimus ran away, so he's a fugitive. And in the culture of that day, the political uh, rules of that day, for dishonoring the master the way that Onesimus did, Onesimus could have been severely punished or killed. So Onesimus, he flees to Colossae, and here's where the unlikely part of, in all of this enters in. Onesimus, he makes it all the way to Rome. Rome from Colossae is not, it's not an easy journey. As the crow flies, it's about as far as Salem is from Denver, Colorado, about a thousand miles. But the geography there, instead of mountains being in between there was it was separated by the sea, by water. If you were to get on a ship and find uh, a crossing that way, it would be about a thousand miles. If you were to do it by land on foot, it would be double that, 2,000 miles. So here's this fugitive runaway slave, he makes it all the way to Rome. And Rome, even then, was a big city. Hundreds of thousands of people, capital of the Roman Empire. And there, in Rome, Onesimus somehow connects with the Apostle Paul, who is in prison. Onesimus becomes a follower of Christ. And there, in Rome, Onesimus begins to serve under Paul, serve in the ministry. So this is all going along, seemingly well. But meanwhile, back at the ranch, in Colossae... Onesimus is still a wanted person. He has wronged his master. And before Onesimus can do anything else in the ministry, Paul decides that Onesimus must resolve things back in Colossae. So you think about how hard it would have been to get there in the first place, all the way from from Colossae to Rome, and now Paul says, listen, Onesimus, time for a tough conversation. You know how it was really, really hard to get here? Um, I need you to go back. What? No, I thought things are good here, Paul. Let's stay here. We're doing things. Nope. Before anything can happen further, you have to go back and you have to try to reconcile with the master who you wronged. Some of us may be dreading a drive this week because you're not sure how Thanksgiving is going to go when you get there. I want you to think about this, that concept through what Onesimus was about to do. So when we take a trip, it's a few hours drive, a few hours in an airplane. Onesimus has to make the 1,000-mile journey by water or 2,000-mile journey by land, and he has no idea what it's going to be like when he gets there. That would be a long trip. There's no way to send a text message ahead. What is going to happen when I show up back in Colossae? With the So Paul sends Onesimus with a traveling party, and Paul sends a couple of letters. One is a letter for the church that is in Colossae. That is the letter that is now Colossians in our Bible that we studied this past summer here in the church. And there is a second letter that is going to this master, this um, person who lives in Colossae, and his name is Philemon, P H I L. E-M-O-N. And we also have this letter for us in the Bible. So I invite you to open up with me, if you have your word with you, open up or power up to Philemon. Philemon is uh, in the New Testament near the end. It is after the Timothys, before Hebrews. If you blink while you're flipping through the pages of the New Testament, you may miss Philemon because it's very, very short. There, in fact, it's so short that there's no chapter divisions. It's just one chapter. And this short letter is packed with wisdom. It is actually described by some as a masterpiece of persuasion. And what we're going to see in this letter, if it is your heart's desire to see change in a relationship that you have in your life, if it is your desire to see a relationship that is broken be revived, if it is your desire to see a reset in a relationship where there is division, we can learn something from this letter. And what we're about to see in this letter put your thank you before your request for a change. Put your thank you before a request for change. Giving gratitude has the power to change an attitude. Giving gratitude has the power to change an attitude. Paul, he's going to ask Philemon for something big, a big ask. Before he gets into all that, I want you to look at how Paul opens the letter. How is Paul going to set the stage to make this big ask of Philemon? Look at these three sentences, verses 4 through 7, right near the beginning of the letter. Paul writes to Philemon, I think my God always when I remember you in my prayers, because I hear of your love and of the faith that you have toward the Lord Jesus and for all the saints. And I pray that the sharing of your faith may become effective.
0: Thank you for being with us the at full People's knowledge Church. Of every good thing Before that is in us for the sake of Christ. Message, for you I have derived much joy and and comfort your from Heavenly your love, my father, and matter to us. Because are the hearts of the saints are committed to knowing Christ and making him known. You. Plan your visit and check out activities for kids this, and teens at peopleschurch.com.
1: to get a message now, like this Bible teaching. But Philemon, he gets this message from Paul, like the Paul, who even at this time in world history was very well known for his leadership of the Christian church. So Philemon gets a letter from Paul. And before there's any addressing of what's happened or reconciliation or Onesimus or all this, Paul expresses deep gratitude to God for Philemon. And words like like these words, if we were reading them, we would absolutely feel appreciated. Starting with gratitude has the power to change an attitude. Now is when Paul goes into his big ask on behalf of Onesimus. Paul describes to Philemon, this person who was your slave, Onesimus, Paul says, I want you to know he's a changed man. This is good. Paul even writes that Onesimus has gone from useless to useful. If you are having your annual review with your supervisor, and they write, you have gone from useless to useful. That's a good transition. (laughs) So, Paul wants Philemon to know... uh, Maybe it's like Onesimus has told me that when he was under your home that he was really considered useless. I want you to know, Philemon, that that's changed. He's useful now. He's useful now. In fact, Paul says Onesimus has been so useful and effective that Paul would really have liked to have kept him in Rome. But what's happened with Onesimus cannot proceed until there is, there is some addressing of the relationship with Philemon. Look at verses 13 through 15 with me. Paul writes, I would have been glad to keep him, Onesimus, with me, in order that he might serve me on your behalf during my imprisonment for the gospel. But I preferred to do nothing without your, Philemon's, consent, in order that your goodness might not be by compulsion but out of your own accord. For this perhaps is why he was parted from you for a while, that you might have him back forever. That's good. That's good. He was parted from you for a while that you might have him back forever. There was a good reason that they were apart. If we were Philemon, we might think of Onesimus, gone, forgotten, good riddance. Onesimus, he was useless and he wronged me. So the fact that he ran away, it's a lot less messy than if I had to deal with it be gone Onesimus, I hope I never see you again, don't come back. In some broken relationships, a season of separation makes reconciliation possible. For whatever relationship you're thinking about right now, if we take a page out of this playbook, if you are apart now, don't give up on forever. If you're apart now, don't give up on forever. The question for us to think about is what do we desire for the final chapter in the story of the relationship to look like? With forgiveness, separation does not have to be the final chapter. Reconciliation is possible. That could be the final chapter. Forgiveness, Forgiveness, by definition, is undeserved. Forgiveness is not excusing the past. Forgiveness is not overlooking wrongdoing. Forgiveness is is not ignoring. Forgiveness, here's what it is, it's releasing anger. Forgiveness is releasing the desire to get revenge. Easier said than done. Sometimes, because of life events, because of New beginnings because of remarriages or whatever. Reconciliation is not possible. But what if it is? What if it is? Maybe we are reluctant to reset the relationship because we think they owe us something. You at least owe me an apology. Maybe you owe me money. I want you to see how Paul addresses this. Philemon 18 and 19. Paul writes to Philemon, if he, Onesimus, has wronged you at all, or owes you, Philemon, anything, charge that to my account. I, Paul, write this with my own hand. I will repay it to say nothing of your owing me, even your own self. (laughs) There's a lot here. Paul (laughs) offers to repay a debt that is impossible for onesimus to pay that should remind us of somebody that's what jesus did jesus paid a debt that we can never pay ourselves when he gave his life for our sin separation so here's Paul reflecting the love of Jesus into this relationship. If Onesimus owes you anything, Philemon, I'll repay it. If there's, a, if there's an amount of money that he owes, I'll find a way to repay it. So don't let that stand in the way of what needs to happen. And then, did you catch this? Paul says, by the way, I'm writing this with my own hand. To say nothing of your owing me your, even your own self. What does that tell us about how Philemon became a follower of Christ? That phrase tells us that Philemon is a follower of Christ because of Paul. And now there's like a whole other piece of this relationship triangle. Paul says, uh, oh, remember, by the way, the reason that you're right with God today, the reason that your soul is in right standing with your heavenly father is because I came to you and shared the gospel with you. So let's just remember that as I share this big ask of you now. Paul's big request for Philemon is to forgive Onesimus. And oh, by the way, don't think of Onesimus as a slave anymore. Think of him as a brother, a fellow man, a Christian brother. This is a big deal. like. Think if someone committed a crime against you, they fled the state to avoid punishment, and then they came back with a letter from one of your friends and spiritual mentors saying, forgive this man. And Paul says, not only do I want you to forgive him, but I want you to think of him no longer as your slave or employee. I want you to think of him as your Christian brother. Here's the great wisdom in Paul's approach that's true for us today. Do you remember how Paul opened the letter? He set the stage for the big ask by expressing deep felt gratitude. He separated the reasons of gratitude from the reasons for separation. Let's begin with the gratitude. Yes, there's this thing that needs to be resolved over here. But before we get, and we'll talk about that, we'll get there. But first, I want you to know how grateful I am for you. And something can happen in us when we think about relationships where we are deeply broken from somebody. There's this reason where we're broken, where we're not talking, and it's a good reason. But let's go back to this. Here's why I'm thankful for you. Here's why I'm thankful for you starting with gratitude, has the power to change an attitude. Paul wrote, I thank my God always when I remember you in my prayers. Expressing thankfulness begins the path to reviving a relationship. Now, in some relationships, we're like Onesimus, where someone else holds the fate of the future of the relationship. In some relationships, we're like Philemon, where we have the power, our decision will shape the future of the relationship. And sometimes we're like Paul, where we have the power of influence. We can begin the path to reconciliation from any of these three positions. The best that we can tell, Philemon did nothing wrong in this scenario. He was wronged by Onesimus. If you're Philemon looking at Onesimus, you could be thinking, I'm I'm so angry with you. How could I possibly be thankful for you? It would be totally reasonable for Philemon and Onesimus to be convinced that they never have to see each other again. I mean, Onesimus went more than a thousand miles away to get away from this man. And now here he is seeking reconciliation. Maybe in your life, maybe even recently, you've received a deeply hurtful, cold text with something like, don't contact me or us ever again. In this moment, Paul, this is important, he points to the life change that has happened in Philemon, and he points to the life change that has happened in Onesimus. When we have separation from people, we can reject them because of what they've done to us, or we can receive them because of what Christ has done for us. See, Philemon Paul's saying restore this relationship not because of what Onesimus has done to you. If we're only going to look at what Onesimus has done to you, then the relationship should be broken forever. However, Paul is saying let's restore this relationship because of what God has done for you. As you're looking at this Man from your past, don't look at him through the lens of how he has wronged you. Rather, look at him through the lens of what Christ has done for you. Paul, in that other letter that was sent to the city, Colossians 3.13, Paul wrote, As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. If the relationship depends on what Onesimus did to Philemon, it's over and done with for good reason. But if the relationship depends on what Christ did on the cross, the relationship can be revived. Perhaps as we've been talking about this, you're thinking about someone in your life who's been heavy on your heart. You want to see things put back together. You want to see a way forward, and you are thinking, I could do everything pastor that you've talked about today, but they're not going to change. Maybe you're thinking, I have reached out over and over again, and it feels like the more I reach out, the worse like it gets. It's possible that their heart will never change. But that doesn't mean that we have to stop trying. And we can still express gratitude. And if that's your heart today, I'm going to pray for God to give you wisdom for how to do that, whether it's a call, a text, an email, or a good old-fashioned letter in the mail. With a message that, in your own words, something like, I know that we're apart, and there's a good reason why our relationship is walking through the tension that we're walking through right now. And we can say, "I, I know that what's been done cannot be undone. However, I want you to know that I pray for you. Now, please only say that if it's true. I want you to know that I pray for you, and then we can share reasons why we're thankful for that person. Yes, there's all this, this, this stuff over here that's caused so much pain. But I also want you to know, here's why I'm thankful for you. Here's why I'm thankful for you. And then we can express that it is, it is the desire of our heart that we can reset the relationship, we can revive the relationship. As much as we want to, we, we can't control how they're going to react. Some of us have tried. <laughs> we can't control the other side. But what we can decide is that to the extent that it depends on me, this relationship is not going to be broken to the extent that it depends on me, this relationship is not going to be broken. So there's this letter Paul writes to Philemon and Onesimus and his his friends. They've made the 1,000 or 2,000 mile journey, and now they're in a place that's familiar. Now Onesimus recognizes his surroundings. They're getting closer and closer to Philemon's house. There's the letter. Now we're going to walk up to the door. What is going to happen? (laughs) And and maybe this whole time Onesimus has been carrying the letter, but he says to one of his traveling companions, you you take it to him. I can't be the first person that Philemon sees. I don't know if he's had like a bad day today or whatever. You take the letter. So maybe I'm I'm just making this part up now. So maybe someone else carries the letter. And, and, and knocks on the door or sees Philemon and, and, and says, Philemon, Onesimus is here. What, Onesimus is here? Can't believe he's come back. But before you get angry, before you get mad, before you get mad, I brought a letter from Paul that he wants you to read before you do anything to Onesimus. <laughs> before you call the Colossae County Sheriff, Read this letter from Paul. Please, just read the letter from Paul. So, Philemon opens the letter, however it's packaged. Reads the letter. <laughs> what we don't have in the Bible is concrete evidence for what happened after Philemon read the letter. It's like one of those really, really frustrating TV shows or movies where they read the letter, or there's something that happens, and it's like fade to black, who knows what happened and you feel like you wasted two hours of your time. What? They can't end it like that. What happened? Well, all the evidence would point to Philemon forgiving Onesimus. Why? Because if Philemon Philemon had not forgiven his former slave Onesimus, he wouldn't have shared the letter with other people. He would have thrown the letter in the fire. But the letter would then go on to be the evidence or the testimony of what led to reconciliation. Philemon, you forgave Onesimus? Everyone in town knows what he did to you. How could you possibly forgive? Read this letter. This is what happened. And that letter gained circulation, passed within the community, then passed to other cities, to other regions to the point where this letter to Philemon became part of our New Testament. What we see in this relationship, did it go back to the way it used to be? No. But if Philemon followed through on what Paul requested of him, the relationship was actually better. because Onesimus came back not into a slave relationship, but in relationship as a brother in Christ. And Paul set the stage for that whole reconciliation to happen by sharing words of gratitude. So resurfacing the reasons we are grateful for a relationship has the potential to overcome hurt that caused Separation. Onesimus doesn't deserve forgiveness from Philemon. But when you think about it, all three of the people who we've talked about today, there's a forgiveness that they all received that they did not deserve. Onesimus was a fugitive slave. He could have been punished or killed because of what he did. Jesus died for the sins of Onesimus. Philemon... However successful he was in that community of Colossae, he was living apart from God. Jesus died for Philemon and Paul, who spent his early adult years terrorizing Christians, an enemy of the church. Jesus died for Paul. Jesus died for you. Your sins, no matter how big or how small, they separate you from God, and there's nothing that you can do To make up for your thoughts, words, and actions that separate you from God. That's why Jesus came to this earth, lived a perfect life, and suffered and died on the cross. There's a lot of unknowns. There was a lot of unknowns when Onesimus went back to Philemon. I'm going to go all this way, and what's going to happen when I get there? What Onesimus certainly needed in this moment was a letter, someone to write on his behalf to set the stage for reconciliation. When it comes to our relationship with our Heavenly Father through Jesus Christ, praise God, we do not have to make a thousand-mile journey to ask for forgiveness. If you're apart from your Heavenly Father, you don't have to take another step you can ask for that forgiveness right now in this place. And also when it comes to a broken relationship with your heavenly father because of sin, you don't need someone to write a letter on your behalf. Our heavenly father is ready and willing to forgive you. And there's nothing that you can do or there's nothing from your past that puts you outside of a position where you can receive forgiveness for sin. And unlike Onesimus, we don't have to guess about how our Heavenly Father is going to react when we ask for forgiveness. He's ready to forgive. He's ready to forgive.
0: We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.